Good morning. Amen. It's a good day to be in church. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What an honor to be here. I want to thank Pastor Mark and Brenda, the pioneers of this ministry who have been serving faithfully for about 41 years. Thank you so much for your labor of love, Pastors Mark and Brenda. We miss you over here. I love the whole pastoral team over here. I actually got saved in Pastor Nancy's Children's Church. I remember I was coming out of Children's Church, and um, I came up to my mom, and I said, Mom, I asked Jesus in my heart today. I got saved. And she said, Caleb, you did that a long time ago. And I said, well, now I know I did it. So, <laughs> Amen. So I accepted Christ as part of the, I'm part of the fruit of your ministry. So thank you so much, Pastor Nancy. I appreciate that. I still remember uh, May uh, Gutierrez. She actually gave a story in Children's Church that I remember till this day. I think her heart was so into it that my heart was breaking because of it. And I still remember it. That wasn't the message I got saved from, but that was a message that left a huge impact. It was on salvation, though. Amen. And Pastor Tom, thank you so much for serving in this ministry. Uh, you're the only worship pastor I've known this whole time. And you've been so faithful serving over here. And we had, we've had some awesome times of the move of the Spirit in this church. Amen. Well, when the church was in the other building over there, I remember uh, the Spirit of God's moving. Everybody has hankies out. And they're dancing around the church, waving their hankies around. And I somehow... I made my way up to the front. I don't know how. I was probably about four or five years old. And then Pastor Mark and I were dancing up and down the stairs of the front of the church in unison. And Pastor Mark's a tall guy. And, and I mean, I was little, but I was little for my age, too. So I was a small guy, but it seemed like we were in unison even from that time. And it has felt like that since, uh, since coming on over here. Just that we've been on the same page. We've been in unison. And, and uh, when he had asked me to speak on a Wednesday night, and what the Lord had put in my heart um, would be something that he would be speaking up to and leading on that until I spoke. And I was like, wow, we got the same message from God. And, um, and actually, today, he asked me to come and to minister to you guys. And what an amazing honor to come and to serve this ministry and to serve you um, as this ministry has served my family so much through the years. So praise God for that. You know, this church, our mission is to reach the lost, to heal the hurting, and to mature the believer. And that is the heart of God. That is what God wants. You know, God is not willing that any would perish but that all would come to repentance. Amen? Amen. He wants all to be saved. And He wants those who are hurting and who are sick and who are broken. He wants them to be saved. He wants them to be healed. He wants them to be delivered. But He doesn't want it to stop there. He wants to see those that come into the kingdom to also step into maturity. You know, just because we're in the church for a long time, that doesn't mean that we're necessarily maturing. We should be maturing. And it's important that we do because it's to the glory of the Father that we mature. You know, Jesus said it's to the Father's glory that we bear much fruit. Amen? So these past six weeks, Pastor Mark has been preaching on the kingdom and kingdom culture. Amen? Has anybody been here for that? Anybody been enjoying those messages? They have been excellent. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was proclaimed by the prophets long ago. They were talking about this kingdom that would come and it would cover the whole earth. That the expansion of this kingdom, it would know no end. And then John the Baptist comes on the scene. And you know what he is preaching? He's preaching, you need to repent. You need to turn from the ways of this world and turn to God. Why? 
Because the kingdom of God is coming. John the Baptist, the forerunner for the Lord Jesus Christ, was preaching the kingdom of God. And then Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus, baptized by John the Baptist, comes up out of the water. The Spirit of God descends upon him in the form of a dove and remains upon him. Jesus goes out into the wilderness for 40 days, fasting, seeking God. And it was actually for a time of being tempted by the enemy. And he overcame. And when he came out of the wilderness, guess what Jesus was preaching? He was preaching the kingdom. He was preaching, there is a kingdom coming. And you know what? There is a time coming and it is now. The kingdom of God is here and it will continue to expand and it will never stop and it will transform every place that it goes. Amen. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, we have been brought into the kingdom of the living God. Pastor Mark has been, uh, the key scripture he has shared is Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 in the Amplified. I know I didn't give that to you, but I believe you all have it for the screen. Colossians 1 13, Amplified, classic. Amen, there it is. It says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. Praise God, Amen. Anybody ever been in a dark place before and God brought you out? He is faithful. And the Father has pulled us out of the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. The Father has done it. You know, Jesus said this kingdom, He goes, it doesn't come with your careful observation. You're not going to see walls rising on the outside. You're not going to see an army coming in. But Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. This kingdom that God is establishing and building is in the hearts and minds of people. This kingdom is of the heart. And this kingdom, when it comes, it's going to transform everything in your life. When you accept Jesus as the Lord of your life and you say, Jesus, you are my king. I forsake my own ways and the ways of this world, and I choose to turn and to follow you. He establishes His throne in your heart, and the kingdom of God is born in you. Amen? Amen. This kingdom is something that we should be focused upon. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, a lot of us know that scripture. Jesus is telling the people on the Sermon of the Mount, He says, do not worry. Do not be afraid. Don't be concerned with what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Don't focus on that. He said, I'll tell you what to focus on. Where should you set your gaze? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that the world is going after. Those things are just going to be added to you. They're going to pursue you instead of you pursuing them. As you seek first this kingdom of God, as you seek first his righteousness, what does that mean? When you say, you know what, Lord, I want to understand your ways. I want to know your culture. I want to know the way you think. And I'm going to forsake every way of the world and I'm going to pursue the ways of God. If anything in my upbringing or in my culture or in my community, if it is contrary to God, then I'm turning away from that and I'm saying, Jesus, you have first place. You are my king. 
And he, and Jesus is saying, you need to seek first this kingdom, that it is to be sought. And there are great benefits to seeking it. But let's also look at Luke chapter 12, verses 29 through 32. Luke 12, 29 through 32. Jesus is speaking a lot of the same thing right here. You'll notice that Jesus in the Gospels, there's a lot of repetition. I found out kind of late in life as I was a teenager, when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I was like, I already read this. Wait, all four books are about the same thing. I was embarrassed when I found that out. So we got Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 29 through 32. Are we finding it up there? I think we're getting it. It says, uh, it says, and seek ye not. Let's go ahead and do it in the NIV, actually. That's what I'm more comfortable with. NIV translation. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. And now look at 32. It says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. The father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Do you know our God is a giving God? You know, he loves to give. He delights in giving his kingdom to you, all the benefits of the kingdom. He is a good and faithful God. He's awesome and powerful, you guys. But his mind is upon you and he thinks about you. You know, in Isaiah chapter 55, it's talking about God is saying, my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. But he says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And what God is saying in the New Testament is, I'm inviting you in to walk in my ways. I'm inviting you to come think my thoughts. And I'm putting my life and my kingdom inside of you so that you can reign in this life through the one man, Christ Jesus. God has called us to such a high place. You know, when you came to Jesus, he didn't just wash you clean and say, you're good to go. He said, no, I want to wash you clean, but I am adopting you as a son into my kingdom. The spirit that he caused to live inside of us is the spirit of sonship. And by him, we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. Amen. And God is wanting us to walk in the higher ways of God. And he is not withholding anything from us. You see, in Romans chapter 8, it says this, that he who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He is a giver. He is the giver of life. In John 3, verse 16, I think some of you might know this. For God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave. He gave. He gave freely. He gave his best. But guess what? The gift of Jesus needs to be received. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. The eternal life of God. The Zoe life of God. This life is paid for. This life is given by God. But the life of God needs to be received. The kingdom of God needs to be received. Jesus needs to be received. Amen. Amen. 
It makes all the difference in our lives when we have things in proper order. When we put first things first. Life is multifaceted. Even as much as we all love church, you guys, you can't live here. Okay? I mean, when we come together, we have a good time worshiping God, learning of the Word of God. But I'm sorry, when it's over, you got to go home or go somewhere. Life is multifaceted. And you might love to pray, but you can't just be in the prayer closet all the time. Because you know what? Sometimes food needs to be made. Sometimes bills need to be paid. There's a lot of things in life. Your children might need your attention and you can't neglect them. We need to go ahead and recognize that this kingdom is multifaceted, that there's a lot of things that we need to do. However, there's a proper order to do things in. And that's why Jesus, he didn't say only seek the kingdom. He said, seek the kingdom first. Seek it first of highest priority. You see, Jesus, when he's speaking to the people and he says, seek it first. Before that, he's saying, I know what you have need of and your father knows what you have need of. There's a lot of things that could weigh on us in life. Anybody ever felt the weight of life before? Things get heavy sometimes. But guess what? God is good and he is faithful. He not only sees what you're going through. You know, the Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching in all the inward parts of the belly. God's in there. God is not God far away. When you come to Jesus, he comes and he makes his home inside of you. Amen. He is in there and he searches all the inward parts of the belly means he sees everything that's going on in your soul. And, you know, God is a loving God and he is empathetic towards what we go through. The Bible says that Jesus touched with all these things just as we are, yet yet he was without sin. But he is with us in the situation, experiencing it with us. And God does not want you in anxiety. He does not want you in fear. He wants you to live life with confidence and boldness. Not based upon your own goodness. Not based upon your own talent or your own riches. But based upon His goodness. Based upon His love and His faithfulness. Amen? In Jeremiah chapter 9, God is speaking to the people and He says this. He says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me. Now listen to how God describes himself. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness. The first thing that God says about himself. The first thing that God says. That we understand and know him. That I am the most powerful, omnipotent, all-powerful God. He says, I want you to know my character. I want you to know who I am. That I am the Lord God who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight. You know, we think that's an easy thing to understand. Everybody knows that. And then life sets in. And things begin to get very heavy. And we can go through dark times. And we find ourselves walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And it is a dark place. And everything seems unjust and unfair. And life is cruel. But can we still see that He is kind, that He is just, and that He is righteous? What will you do in the testing of your faith? How will you judge God? 
We all make judgments about God in our hearts. Whether you speak them out of your mouth or not, you make judgments in your heart about God. The Bible in Hebrews chapter 11 talks about how Sarah judged God faithful and she was able to conceive and bear a son. But we all make judgments in our hearts about God. And the way that you judge God will greatly affect your ability to receive from Him. And we must receive from Him. We cannot do this life on our own, in our own strength. You know, in John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking to the disciples before He goes to the cross. And He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. What does the branch add to the vine? But the branch receives everything it needs from the vine. The branch receives from the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to bear much fruit. You're going to bear much fruit. What is that fruit? We know the fruit of the spirit. That's what it bears inside of you and your character. But the fruit that he's talking about here are the works of righteousness. You're going to walk in the higher ways of God. You're going to live in the light of the kingdom of God. And it's going to be seen in you and upon you. And it's going to affect everyone and everything around you. Because the life of God will flow through you. Like rivers of living water gushing out of you. Bringing hope to the hopeless. And help and healing and life and direction and peace and joy. That's the kingdom that you are now a part of. That's the king that you are born of. Hallelujah. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are meant to walk in this kingdom as sons and daughters of God, as heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. God has called you to such a high place. But you will not rise up to all God has called you to, living life in your own strength and doing it in your own ability. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. It's to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit, that you walk in all He's called you to do. But you cannot do it on your own. And you cannot do it in your own strength. You need to abide in the vine. You need to receive from Him. You need to learn of Him and His ways. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Jesus will get right down in your mess with you. If you allow Him to. He will not force Himself upon you. I was married before. And we were married for two years. And she passed away after two years. And so that's why Gabriel's six years old, but Evelyn and I have only been married for uh, about a month now. <laughs> four months, four months, sorry, four months. I was thinking four weeks. Has it been? Babe, it seems like time just flies with you, honey. I was thinking four weeks for some, okay. Four months, baby. That's the first time that's happened so far. It, it might happen again. But that's why Gabriel is six, but I've been married for four months. Because um, I was married before in 2016. And then she went home to the Lord in 2018. And the night that she passed, 
I was laying on my bed, and I just got a picture of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I said, Lord, come. Help me, God. I invite you, Lord, to come and minister to me. You know, he delights in ministering to you. He delights in giving to you. I said, Lord, lead me through this time with wisdom. I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get embittered. I don't want to become hardened because of what I've been through. And we could get stuck there. Because, you guys, life is not easy for anyone. Nobody gets a pass on life. Somebody else's struggle might be different than your own, but we all have our struggles. And sometimes life can seem so unfair and so dark and so hard. But if we will let Him, God will give you beauty for ashes. He'll give you joy for mourning. Hallelujah. He'll give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. And you all saw my beautiful wife right now, Evelyn. (laughs) Evelyn Roxana Pape. Got a new last name. Hallelujah. That's the blessing of the Lord right there. And you know where I met her? I met her in church. I didn't meet her at a bar. I didn't meet her at a club. I met this. She was actually sitting about right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if we become embittered when we're going through hard times, if we become calloused because we were disappointed and hurt in life, then we can cut ourselves off from the flow of the vine. From the flow of God's blessing in our lives, we could cut ourselves off from it. Because we are judging Him now, though we might not speak it out loud, and we're saying, you know what, I trusted you and it didn't happen the way I thought it would, so maybe you're not faithful. Why are you being so cruel to me? Don't you see what I'm going through? God, don't you care? How could you let this happen? And you could get stuck there with this heart that is hardened towards the one who's the giver of life. Your heart hardened towards the one who poured out the blood of his own son for you. The one who is with you, who has purchased and bought you with the price of his son. And now we're pushing him away because we're hurt and we don't understand. Life is going to have pain. And God never said that it would not. This earthly existence, Jesus said in this world, you're going to face hardship and trouble. But he didn't stop there. He said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what he says in 1 John? He says that anyone born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. 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 He is with you and He is for you. He has never left you. He will never leave you or forsake you. In the midst of your pain and all of your trial, if you will see that that is the time to draw nearer. That is the time to draw close to God and to see how good He is, how great His love is. Lord, great is Thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. We will put our hope and trust in God who is with us. He is not far away. He delights in your prosperity. Hallelujah. He delights in blessing you. He wants you to get ahead. But you need to recognize that it all comes from Him. And it's so easy to get caught up thinking that, well, it's because of what I did that that's why I I got what I got. Because of what I do. And it's all because of my works. 
And in church, if we've been in church for a while, we can know how to put on a good face. And we can know how to appear just clean in front of everybody. But in the background, it could be stinking at home. And there could be a lot of drama going on over there. But we don't let anybody see it. You know, the Bible talks about how we are supposed to bear each other's burdens. Amen? talks about practicing hospitality. Inviting each other into each other's homes. Getting involved in each other's lives. So we could have villages raising children again. And, and we could be helping each other. Rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn. But as we live in this kingdom, God wants us to keep first things first. Seek first the kingdom. And there's a lot of other things that can distract from you. I want to share with you a scripture on receiving real quick as we continue in this direction. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. We could put it up on the screen. Romans 5 17. It says... For if by the trespass of one man, that's talking about Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace? How much grace? There's an abundant provision. You guys, he's not running out. There is enough grace for you in whatever situation you're in. But you got to receive it. See, this is a qualifying thing up there. It says, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in this life, in life, through the one man, Jesus Christ. That life is the life of God. That word life there is zoe. The zoe life of God. For those of you who are scholars there, there's a Strong's, Strong's Concordance. It is G2222. And it says, of the absolute fullness of life, talking about zoe, both essential and ethical, which belong to God. The God kind of life. But in order to reign in life through Christ Jesus, we need to receive from Him. It is so important that we receive because you need more strength to do what God's called you to than what you have on your own. You don't have enough strength and you're not smart enough and you're not talented enough on your own to do what God's called you to do. He purposely calls you beyond your own ability. So guess what? He gets all the glory. So you don't get confused and think that this all surpassing glory is from you. No, that's why he likes to make his power. It is made perfect in what? His power is made perfect in weakness. So that you can know that it's from God. I couldn't stand up here confident today on my own. But his power is made perfect in weakness. Amen. His grace is there and we simply receive it and then we let it out. Hallelujah. We receive from Him, and then we let it out. We draw from the vine. I'm drawing from the vine into this branch, and I'm bearing fruit and letting it out so that everyone around can be blessed. But what does it say you will do when you receive this abundant provision of grace and the free gift of righteousness? What does it say about you? It says that you will reign in life. You will reign. Some of you feel like life is on top of you and it is heavy and pushing you down. Ephesians says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and we could be reigning over every situation in life. It does not mean that hard times will not come because they will come, but you will have grace to stand. And for the Christian, there is no defeat. Even in death, we are alive. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Those that have gone on before you, I mean, it's sad to see them go and it hurts. But if they knew Jesus, we can rejoice that they're in the presence of the living God. They are where we all want to be. Hallelujah. There's no more pain. There's no more tears. It is joy and peace and glory forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we don't sorrow like the world sorrows. Even when people around you go before their time, even when life is hard around you and you don't understand and it seems unfair, if you will receive His abundant provision of grace, if you will receive His free gift of righteousness, you will reign. You're going to come out on top. You're going to rise up above it. But it is not automatic. You must receive. You must receive from God. You must receive of His goodness. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 10.10, The enemy is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come, so you may have life and abundance to the full till it overflows. Guess what that word for life is? Zoe. What is that? That's the life of God. That's the life of God reigning in you. You know, I was thinking on the drive over here, it talks about how rivers of living water will flow from our belly. You know what it talks about flowing from the throne of God? A river. Hallelujah. There's a river of life flowing from the throne of God. It's an interesting picture, seeing this river flowing out. And I don't think it's just a little stream. I think this is a mighty river of God flowing from the throne. And if you will set Him as the King of your heart enthroned inside of you, those rivers flowing from the throne will flow through you. They're going to affect everything around you. I'm telling you, it's contagious, the life of God that's within you. Hallelujah. But we must align ourselves to be able to receive from God. And we need to recognize there's things that get in the way of receiving. And we don't want to allow that to happen. You know, the way we receive anything from God has to do with your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen? Out of our hearts, we want the river of God flowing, not a bunch of issues. <laughs> we don't want out of your belly, out of your heart flows drama. No. Flows all the problems and issues that are going on. No, we want to guard our hearts with all diligence. When you begin to see, when you feel it on the inside, that you start to get something wrong in your heart towards somebody, you better check that real quick. Don't, I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what happened because that thing, that root of bitterness that wants to take root inside of you, it's going to hinder you from receiving from the vine. It's going to cut you off from the flow of God's blessing and goodness towards you. It's going to cut you off from a flow of understanding and wisdom. When we yield to darkness and we yield to the flesh and to the enemy, the Bible talks about the deceitfulness of sin. And it gets in there. That's part of the importance of repenting and confessing your sin. Amen. Instead of just going on and being like, oh, it's okay. No, you need to confess it because you need to acknowledge that was wrong. Because it keeps the deceitfulness of sin from getting a hold in your mind and in your heart. Recognize the lie right when it comes and shut it down. Don't allow it to remain. There's things that get in the way of your receiving. You know, there is an enemy in the world... The Bible calls him the adversary, the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know he's the tempter and he's the accuser. This is what he does. He tempts you into a situation. Come on, nobody's going to know. 
Come on, just do it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to feel good. He tempts you in. And then when you stumble, he stands on the side and says, look what you did. You dirty dog. How dare you? You better not let anyone find out what you did. You are dirty. Shame on you. Shame on you. That's what he does. That's what he does. And you know what it does to us? It hinders us from receiving. It'll hinder you from receiving from the flow of God. From the nurture of the vine. It'll keep you from bearing fruit. You know, in Mark chapter 4, it talks about the parable of the sower. And he's sowing seed. And what is the seed? The seed is the word of God. And it's being sown on different soil. And what is the soil? It's the heart of man. So this word, which is good, is falling on soil. But some soil is good and some soil is not. It's falling on the heart. And I think there's a soil that maybe a lot of us can relate to. And it's the one where there's the thorns that grow up. You see, this word gets sown into the heart. And this soil loves the word. Yes, I believe it. I receive it. The word is true. I accept it. And so the word begins to grow up in their life. But then what grows along with it? All these thorns. And what do the thorns do? It chokes the word. And what are these thorns that grow up to choke the word? It's the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. And the lust for other things. The cares of this world. Like we said... Kingdom first, but there's a lot of other things to take care of. But the enemy wants you to get your priorities flipped. And then you start thinking, it's all because of my work. That's how I get ahead. It's all about me and my happiness. My wife doesn't care how happy I am. She doesn't meet my needs. My husband doesn't even think about me. He never tells me he loves me. My job doesn't appreciate what I do. Or I'm just going to grind and grind away morning, noon, and night, every day so I could get ahead. And we start getting our priorities all out of balance. And we, without even realizing it, are becoming very inward focused. All about me and my happiness. All about me and maybe a couple of the people around me. And it's all about us getting ahead. And if we'll just try harder and do these things and go on these vacations. And once we reach this goal, then we'll feel fulfilled and we'll be happy in life. And our life is so consumed with our own happiness. We're miserable. We're miserable. Because we're focused on the cares of this world. And we're getting caught up in the deceitfulness of riches. If I just reach this point, I'll be happy. And then it comes and you're not happy. Well, I just need to get a little bit more. If I had just a little, just a little bit more. And the lust for other things. I just need relief. If I could just have some relief. Maybe relief comes in a bottle. Maybe relief comes in a pill. Maybe relief comes in some scandalous relationship. Just looking for the lust for other things. It's all a trap. It's all a trap to get you to get your life flipped upside down. To get you to fall into the deceitfulness of sin. To darken you so you can't see the light of the gospel in the face of Christ. To darken you. To keep you from receiving all that God has for you. To hold you low. To get you covered in shame. To make you feel like God must be done with me. Because I can't even stand myself right now. I don't even like me. God doesn't want me. To get you covered in shame. 
And you're so shameful, but you don't want people to see it. So you put on a facade of strength. And you're hard. And you're tough. And no one can look at you wrong. And no one can come at you the wrong way. Or you put on a facade of happiness. When everything's okay, but it's really not. As the children of God, born of God, we should be the most real people. We should be the most lively people. We should be the most free and the most bold people upon the earth. Everybody should want to be around us because there's real joy flowing, not a facade. Because there's real peace flowing. And it's not always easy. That's why it's important that we do life together. We're not meant to do it on our own. Hallelujah. When one of us is lacking, somebody else could come up and not point their finger, but be an encouragement to build each other up, to come together in Christ and say, hey, you know what? I see you're going through it. We're going to get through this thing together. Here we go. I'm with you in the boat. I'm with you. Let's go together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't want us to get caught up in the deceitfulness of sin and in the ways of this world. People think God's trying to take all the fun away from you. He is saving you from disaster. Sin is pleasurable for the moment. But the walls go up high. You're down here playing in the water of sin. And you think that you'll be happy down here. Splashing around. But then the walls go up and you can't get out. You can't reach the edge. And will God deliver you from that place? Though he's already done it a thousand times before. He will because he's faithful. But you're wasting your life. You're wasting your life messing around. You want to see a miserable Christian? Find somebody who's halfway in and halfway out. You are miserable. There's no happiness. Because, you know, man, I know this is wrong, but I just got to do it anyway. And you're just living miserable because your eyes have been darkened because you can't see how good life is in Christ Jesus. You can't see the adventure and the glory and the honor. You can't see that God wants to take you from where you are out of the miry clay and He wants to set your feet on solid ground. He has a destiny. He has a purpose for you. It doesn't look like the purpose of the person sitting next to you. It is custom built just for you. This life that God has ordained for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to position ourselves to receive from God. We got to set our hearts and our minds in the right place. We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So there's a quarterback over here and he's got the ball. And he's going to pass it to the wide receiver. And he calls this play. And the wide receiver, he's in the huddle. But he doesn't hear anything. And so, great. So they go out, they line up, everybody runs out. The quarterback, he knows, hey, the wide receiver is supposed to be over there. That's where the ball's going to land. But the wide receiver is running out going, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. How come I never get the ball? Why doesn't he ever pass the ball to me? How come that person gets the ball all the time? We're part of the same huddle, but you weren't listening. You got to listen to the play that's being called. So you can be in position to receive when the ball is thrown to you. Can you hear what I'm saying? I'm not talking about football today. 
I'm talking about being in church in the huddle and hearing the word that is going out and saying, okay, I see what I need to change in my life. I see some areas. I'm going to take note and I'm going to put that into effect because the word only works for you if you walk in the light of it. If you do the word, you see, you feel so good when you're hearing it, but proof is in the pudding. You will receive the blessing when you're walking in the light of it. Hallelujah. So then they go in and they get in there and okay, all right, I'm listening to the huddle. Okay. He's got the ball coming to me. Great. All right, get out there. Throwing and you're and you're thinking, why am I running this way? There's big guys coming after me. I don't like that part of the field. I don't want to run over here. And so you're like, ah, nah, maybe not. Maybe I'll just you kind of started running, but then you're like, I don't even know why I'd run over there. And the ball lands right in front of you. Ah, oh, how frustrating it is when you're watching football and you see the quarterback throws a long pass and it comes right near the guy and then he just misses it. Come on, you guys. That's just horrible when you're watching it. And, and it's horrible when you're living it. He's trying to get you the ball. Judah, he's trying to get you the ball. That's my nephew right there. <laughs> And he's an excellent football player, Zeke, as well. God wants you to get the ball. He wants you blessed in life. But you got to position yourself for it. And he doesn't make it too hard. You just got to listen and obey. And guess what? He gave you a guide who lives on the inside called the promised Holy Spirit sent from the Father. And you know what he does? He leads and guides you into all truth. He will show you things to come. He takes from uh, he takes from what belongs to Jesus and he makes it known to us. He reveals to us the thoughts of the Father. But guess what? You got to listen. You got to listen. And so they huddle up again. All right, here we go. The ball's come. Be ready this time. All right, I got it. Goes out there, gets lined up, throws the ball. I don't know why I'm running this way. I don't know why I'm over here. I think I'm going to be surrounded by people, but I trust my quarterback. I trust him. So I'm just going to go right where he told me to go. I'm not even going to turn around and look. I'm just going to go like this and whoop. It just landed right in the pocket. Because I got a great quarterback. And he knows how to put the ball right where it needs to be. Amen. So I'm just running. I'm just doing the will of God, going where he tells me to go, doing what he tells me to do, whether it makes sense or not. You know, the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And what is his promise? He says he will direct your path. And there is blessing on the path of God. There is life. There is freedom. There is joy. There is peace in the presence of God. There is purpose and destiny. It is important that you receive from God. Because it will affect your family. Because it will affect your friends. Because it will affect everyone around you. It will affect your school district. It will affect your community. It will affect the world around you. When you receive from God. When you get victory in your life. That comes only from Him. Hallelujah. So you just, I trust you Lord. I trust you. Oh my God, it praise you Jesus. I'm going in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you position yourself to receive from God? Can you trust in His goodness and His love? Hallelujah. Pastor Tom, why don't you go ahead and come up? We're having a lot of fun and time's flying for me. I don't know about for you. 
Hallelujah. I want to share with you a testimony. I, uh, I had the honor of being what's called a healing technician at Rama Bible Church. And they had a, a special place called the Prayer and Healing Center. And people would go there from, from around the United States and even from around the world to receive healing. And a lot of these people that would come, they knew the Word of God. And they'd been in church longer than I had been alive. But they're coming and they're dealing with chronic pain, chronic disease. If they don't get it now, they're going to die. Or they're going to be in pain or discomfort for the rest of their lives. So I was honored to be chosen to be one of the healing technicians. I was, I was serving in the prayer and healing center as I was uh, going for my degrees. And all these people would come in and they could quote the scriptures just like we could. But there was an issue in the heart. There was an issue going on in here. And so by the Spirit of God, the healing technicians, we would seek the Lord before we'd meet with the people. We would meet, a, one person would come into the group, sometimes two, and then we'd have like three healing technicians. But before we met with the person, we'd be praying, Lord, use us. Thank you, Lord. We are your hands and feet. God, we wanted so much to have the word that they needed. We, wanted, we were hungry for them to, to know the healing power of God because we saw healing is the children's bread. And we serve a good God. Jesus said, if your son asks you for bread, are you going to give him a stone? How much more will your Father in heaven give to those who ask? And it says healing is a children's bread. It belongs to you. And he's not withholding it. And these people would hear this ministered all the time. And, and they would hear the promise. And they would be frustrated with the promise. Because I know that. But look at me. I know there's, bless, there's promises of blessing and prosperity, but look in my life. I go to church. I know how to quote the scriptures. And we'd be praying as healing technicians, God, show us. Lord, we know, Lord, that you have healing for them. We know, Lord, that you delight in them and you want them whole and healthy and running with purpose, the plan that you have for them. And so we would recognize God would a lot of times give us a word of knowledge, just knowledge by the Spirit of God to know what's going on in the heart. And so a man comes in, and this man, I forgot how many years before, I think it was about five years before, he was riding a horse and fell down, and the horse rolled over him. And the horse was about 1,300 pounds and crushed his body. It affected him so much. He was called to ministry. He was just about to start launching out. He got embittered. He got frustrated with God. He questioned the call. And he had just been living in this place of bitterness and pain and physical pain for about five years, if I remember right. And he comes to us. He's got such low mobility. He's just very stiff. And if he was ever down on his knees, he couldn't get up. Except if he grabbed onto a table or a door and pulled himself up. So he comes in, he's just real stiff because his back was crushed. And we spend some time with him. And we, we're hearing a story, but more than listening to him, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, what's going on? Holy Spirit, show us. They would say, if all you know is the problem, you haven't heard from God yet. You need it. We are about answers. We're about solutions. Holy Spirit, what's the solution? What's the solution? So by the Spirit of God, we start bringing things up. And then he starts saying, yeah, that's true. Okay. And we start doing heart surgery by the Spirit of God. And we get in there, and we're able to pray with him. And he comes in the next day. He's still very stiff. 
He goes, hey, uh, we're like, well, how are you doing? He goes, you know what? My wife feels like she got her husband back. Because there had been such pain between them and, you know, his, his embitterness. And so we said, okay, well, today we're going farther. We dealt with the heart yesterday. We're going to go after it today for healing. So we pray for him for healing. And nothing really dramatic happens. But we said, you know, go ahead and see how you feel. Try to do something you couldn't do before. So he gets down and he goes, I, I could not stand up from this position. And he goes, I could stand up. And then he gets down, he does it again. And he does it a few times. We're like, praise God. Hallelujah. He just, he just experienced the healing. So he goes home and he comes back the next day. This is the last day we have him. And he goes, I've been showing everybody. Hey, I couldn't do this before. Now I could do it. We said, all right, we're going farther today. We're going to take more ground today. So we're ministering to him. And I got my hand on his back. And uh, just in case, you know, sometimes people get laid out by the spirit of God. And so I'm there and it's a small room. So I got my hand on his back and then we start hearing this pop, 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 pop. And he goes, do you hear that? He goes, it feels like there's popcorn, like popcorn in my bones. And uh, as we're like, yeah, I hear it. And then we hear a brrrr. And I hear, I feel it underneath my hand. It is popping under my hand. God is realigning and recreating everything that was messed up, was put back in place in a moment. And he goes, did you hear that? I said, I felt that under my hand. And so we're just like, wow, praise God, giving glory to God. He falls out in the spirit. He's laid out on the floor. We're sitting on the chairs. We're just like, it's heavy. The presence of God is so heavy in the room and we're just enjoying it. If you have not experienced that before, keep coming. You will. But we are encountering just the heavy glory of God. And he's laid out on the floor. And then he begins to speak out. And he goes, God, yes, Lord. Lord, you can have all of me again, God. Lord, you have my yes, Lord. I'll do what you call me to do. I'll go back into ministry, God. Lord, I want the call. I want your plan. I want your purpose. I don't want it my way, Lord. I want it your way, God. Hallelujah. He had an overhaul in three days. But it all started with dealing with heart issues. We don't have time today to get into all the issues of the heart. But you know. You know in here when something's wrong. Do you have a bad attitude about something? Are you harboring unforgiveness? Are you trusting in the arm of the flesh, meaning your own strength, and not trusting in God? Are you neglecting the prayer closet? Are you neglecting church and time with the Lord and the Word of God? Are you neglecting Him because you're pursuing the things of life? Are you entangled in the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things? Is His kingdom first? Are you seeking first His kingdom? Are you honoring Him with your life? And not just, I love you, Lord, and I pray for my food, and I praise God in church. Is He in your life? Because He wants you whole and completely healed, like that man that was crushed by a heavy situation. God wants you whole and healed and full of His life, so you can live out the purpose and the destiny that He has for you. For some of you, you need to say yes. You need to say, Lord... The way I've been doing it has not been working. God, I want your ways. Lord, I want your plan for my life. Show me, Lord. And whatever you show me, I will do. And light comes in obedience to the word. The entrance of his word gives light. And as you walk in the light, as he is in the light, more light comes. The Bible says in his light, we see light. 
as you walk just in the little bit that you know, I need to check my attitude with my spouse. I need to forgive this person who's been frustrating me. I need to maybe take a little bit time off work and not work every chance that I get, but start spending time with the Lord. I need to start making way for the gifts that God has placed inside of me and serving in the church. It's important to serve in the house of God. This all doesn't happen automatically. I saw what Pastor Tom sent out a couple days ago, and there's people been here since 7.30 a.m. Everybody has their job to do. Don, this faithful man of God on the second row, he's here at 7.30 opening things up, staying late. Everybody leaves. Don the, Don's the last one. He shuts it down. We need people that we can trust and people that can just be there to be an extra hand. Like Pastor Nancy said with the children's ministry, that's the next generation rising up. We need them to rise up and to come up in the church knowing the word of God so they could fill all these roles. You know, we all get older and then we go on to the next generation rises up. We got to keep pouring in and you don't have to know everything. You just need to say yes. Light comes when you work in the house of God. Light comes when you give yourself in service to kingdom things because you're serving the king because you're in walking in the light of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet today. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, talking about Jesus, it says, To as many as received him, to as many as received Jesus, God gave the right and he gave the power, he gave the authority to become the children of God. If you have not accepted Jesus, you are not in this kingdom yet that we've been talking about. Jesus, He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. The price that Jesus paid was great. There are not many roads to heaven. There are not many ways to be saved. If there were, then Jesus died for nothing. But I tell you, Jesus paid a horrific price to pay the price of every wrong that had ever been done, past, present, and future, because He poured out His blood, which represents His life, which is the life of God. He poured it out for you to wash you clean so that you cannot be far away from God, but He can draw you near into His presence. There's only one way to be saved, but God has not made it difficult. You put your faith and your trust in Jesus. What must you do to do the works of God? Believe on His Son. Believe on Jesus. He is the way. He is your salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those of you online, I'm going to pray with you. And anybody in the church, if you're accepting Jesus for the first time, I want to lead you in a prayer. And what you're going to do is you're going to say, I no longer want to do life my way. Jesus, I put my faith and my hope in you. Be the Lord of my life, which is be my master. I want to walk in your ways forever. I believe that you're the son of God, that you died on the cross for me, and that you rose from the dead. If you can believe that today, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. Thank you, Jesus for coming and dying for me. But I thank you. You did not stay dead. But you rose up on the third day. And you live forever. I invite you. Be my master. 
Be my Lord. I want to walk in your ways from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.